Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome to Amplify. This is Ken Roshan on Influencer Channel, Voice America. We are sponsored by Big Events USA, the Umbrella Syndicate, the Red Carpet Connection, and of course, the Keep Smiling Movement. And very excited that the two guests we have today cause smiles, create smiles, and hope in the world. So let's go ahead, Andrea, if you'll share how you're doing and bring Caroline on our first guest. Well, I'm super excited because of the guests that we're having on because they're calling in from overseas. Caroline, who's awake at, uh, I think, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning for us, and uh, Robert Palinkas, who is also calling in from the UK. And uh, so uh, let me start by uh, introducing Caroline, if that's all right. I think it's a great idea. Hello, Andrea. Awesome, awesome <laughs> Hi, to be here. <laughs> Hello. Thank you for Hi. having me on. So Caroline Labor is the money mindset specialist. She specializes in peak performance and working with entrepreneurs to deliver exceptional results. She shows ethical entrepreneurs how to break through money blocks so that they can have the amazing business and lifestyles they desire. Following a solid 17-year career as a certified practicing accountant, she faced major burnout of, after years of climbing the corporate ladder, and this led Caroline to discover her passion for the money mindset coaching and she established a personal empowerment academy and the Money Mindset Accelerator program. So she left her high-paying corporate job in 2018, having set up a number, number of successful businesses now they allow her to travel, and she gets to live the highly sought-after laptop lifestyle and spend quality time at home with her beautiful dogs. She's passionate about helping others tap into their highest potential, and she's a strong advocate of living an enriched and abundant life. She's based in Sydney, Australia, and is also a professional vocalist with her retro and pop band, The Delights. I'm so happy to have you here, Caroline. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So I guess the first order of business is she was not going to come on our show unless she was able to start off the interview with a song. And I know you want to sing, you're the one that I want. I want to be <laughs> amplified. So if you want, go ahead. Uh, if you could keep the song down to a smaller version of the entire song, that'd be great, Caroline. Oh, uh, yes, sure. All right. I'll give you the, the main beat. You better shape up because I need a man and my heart is set on you. God How bless that? you. God enough? bless you. I, yeah, that, that's enough. But you, you, I, you want to be amplified. Like if you can just do that finished part, you don't have to do the whole song again, but we got to take that and splice it together later and make it our new uh, jingle. I love it. Love it. So you'll, you'll finish up the segment with uh, you're the one that I want. I want to be amplified. You'll do that for us. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, that that's such a great idea. I'm so glad that I thought of it. So um, you have you do have a great voice. Everyone at the Marcus Cruise voted you probably the, the the most entertaining and beautiful voice. So congratulations for that accolade. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, we have a Keep Smiling book to create for you, and I'm so excited to that you're going to share your journey on the show and what you've accomplished in life, and then basically give some of the secrets of how other people can learn to benefit from what you know and also work with you. So who is Caroline? 
where are you from? Talk about your journey. Wow, okay, yes, happy to. So, look, um, you know, what I do these days, I'm a money mindset specialist and I'll explain what that is in a minute. Um, really the journey, though, I think has been about, like if I wind all the way back, um, I was like born in Mauritius, which is like a tiny little island, came to Australia when I was two, didn't speak English. So, you know, it's been a journey of like self-discovery. Um, when I left school, I went into accounting um, which, you know, probably wasn't something I was passionate about, but um, I think at the time I did it because I got a business scholarship and it seemed like a good idea, but I always had this love for personal development. And so, you know, that's always been a really strong theme in my life. Um, I think when I was much younger, I, you know, just didn't see how um, I could help people in that space. Like I didn't feel qualified. And so there's been this whole process of, you know, really um, finding out who I am, um, seeing what it is that I can offer other people and, you know, seeing ways that um, I can help them. And, you know, I've been blessed in that even through my corporate career, like I had a lot of opportunities to, you know, to do that. And so I then started a corporate side hustle. Um, so just something that I did on the side, coached a few people and then, you know, worked my way up to being able to walk out of the, the high-paying corporate job and, um, you know, go into business full-time and actually help people become a, a better version of themselves. Um, and so I think a big part of that was when I first started in my coaching journey, um, I started studying with Bob Proctor, who a lot of people know, um, and had a strong passion for, you know, tapping into your highest potential. But what I found in that process was that, people are carrying so much pain and in particular pain around their money. And, you know, this is why people can't make money, like people are in debt, people can't save. Um, and so much of it just stems from our upbringing and things that we heard or observed that, you know, we take on as our own beliefs. And so I really started to specialise in that because I found that if you can heal that pain for people, then they're then just naturally able to tap into their highest potential. Like then the strategies can work because you can help them really heal, you know, that deep pain that in most cases they don't even know exists. So how do these uh, money blocks uh, become a reality when you're raising a child? And the, the reverse of that is what would you do to raise a child that doesn't have money blocks? So if you can answer both those questions. Yep, sure. Happy to do that. So, look, with money blocks, um, the way they come about is really that when you're, you know, probably five or six before that time, your conscious mind is really um, impressionable. So it's not fully formed and you don't have that ability that we have as adults to filter things and make a decision and say, well, do I want to accept that belief or not? So anything that happens around you, um, you know, world events, anything that might set your view around stability you just believe like whatever's happening. And so things that, um, you know, parents might say without even even really thinking through it, like they're just saying it maybe to vent their frustration. So things like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, um, wealthy people are greedy, uh, you know, don't do this or don't do that, do you know how much that's going to cost? Those types of things are actually what forms children's beliefs around money. And so they have no idea that, you know, later in life when month in, month out, they spend every single, you know, cent that they've got and money always runs out and they end up in debt, that that's why. It's because they were programmed to believe that money runs out and it's never enough. 
And so, you know, to answer the second part of um, your question, how what can people do to not have those money blocks? Look, it's a tough one because it's it's down to like as a child, you can't control what goes on around you. So, you know, ideally, if um, all of our like parents or caregivers were educated in, you know, personal development and um, money mindset, then they would sort of think, you know, long and hard about what it is that they say around children. But, you know, that's not something that we can control. So I think the next best thing becomes being able to arm people with the ability to identify if they have money blocks and if they do, then to actually help them go through a clearing process. And you can do that at any point in your life. Like we can't go back and change our childhood, but you can pick a time and decide that you're going to deal with it. Gotcha. So uh, raising a child with more of an abundance mindset and attitude opposed to a scarcity. Absolutely. Okay. And I think Andrea has a, a question she wanted to add or at least some examples she wanted to share. Great. I did. Um, so, uh, you know, so I wanted to know uh, what type of modalities that you use to develop your system for the money mindset accelerator. So is it like with NLP yeah. and hypnosis or other modalities? Um, I actually use a modality called the emotional freedom technique, so EFT, oh. which is also known as tapping. So um, I, I do on occasion use a little bit of hypnosis as well, but I love tapping because it's like a fully conscious process and people are, you know, 100% aware of like what we're doing the whole time. Um, and the reason I use that as a tool is I've found it to be the quickest thing to shift somebody's energy in their nervous system. So what I mean by that is, you know, when you talk to someone, say, about their debt or the fact that they just cannot hit this income goal that they've set, most people will say to me, oh, it feels like I've been kicked in the stomach, like they physically sink. And, you know, some people feel it in the head or chest, but most common is the stomach. And so literally, you know, when you can say to people, well, that's your money energy, like that sinking feeling, that is the energy that we want to neutralize. And by going through the motions of EFT, people physically feel different. And so this is almost like we deal with the body first. And if I can show people how to feel different about their money and not be triggered by negative beliefs around money, then their thoughts catch up with them later. Awesome. So for the process, when people go through this, um, what have you noticed or what's been the results of their income ability or their generation ability after working with you? Look, it's definitely a process for people. So I sort of approach it in three stages and, um, you know, quite deliberately I do it this way. So the first step is diagnosis. So with money blocks, most people don't know what they are. So, you know, they can see the results of having a bad relationship with money. But step one is just a full diagnosis. And we go through, you know, really specific types of money. Like let's talk about savings, debt, income income goals and you know we go into the specifics of that and people become very aware of what those blocks are where they came from and then I take them through a clearing process and there are you know multiple layers of issues that we take people through and um, help them clear it so clearing's the second stage and then the third stage is actually then arming them with you know strategies and tools to help them become financially savvy and that's when all the 50 courses that they've bought that they could never quite implement, that's when all of a sudden they find um, that they can put that into practice because they're no longer competing against this feeling that I'm broke and I'm not good enough. 
And so the results of all of that, so when you shift this stuff, um, the first thing I always help people do, so if there's debt, we clear that first because that is the most crippling of money emotions. And once you can free somebody from that crippling energy of debt, then making money actually becomes really easy. So people just realize how naturally able um, and gifted they are, and then they're using their gifts to go out and pursue their passion and make money. So it's actually more about the clearing. And when you can do that, it's it's like, you know, people are driving with like one foot on the brake, one on the accelerator, and they're wondering why they're not making progress. And so if I can help take that foot off the brake, people, you know, we're meant to shine and people just accelerate. Well, I guess the question is, when your parents were bringing you up, did you get to have any money blocks? Is this one of the reasons you explored this as something you wanted to do for other people? A hundred percent. So this has totally been my journey. So, um, you know, even though I had like success in my corporate job, one of the things I really struggled with all the time was I had a lot of different side hustles and I had the big dream of, you know, replacing my income and being able to go into business full time. And I just couldn't make it happen. So even after becoming certified as a coach, I just reached the conclusion that something must be wrong with me because I'm seeing all these other people succeed and I can't work out what it is, but there's almost, you know, this sadness or this darkness that's stopping me from being successful. So I went sort of on this um, assault search, but also I specifically went looking for a mentor who could help me work out what that something was. And that's when I discovered Money Blocks and then it opened up my eyes. Like once you start to do this work, like all these things that sort of happened in your childhood um, come flooding back to you. And if I can share a, a really quick story, one of my very first money memories that I think just set a lot of my money blocks in stone was I think I was four or five at the time. Like I just started um, kindergarten, which is like our first grade um, in Australia in primary school. And um, I used to have a friend whose mother worked at like the canteen where you'd go and buy snacks and things like that. And because her, I had just no understanding of money, like, you know, I don't think I brought money to school, but because my friend's mom worked in the canteen, she used to just give us snacks for free. And then there was one day where my friend, for some reason, wasn't there. So I went to the canteen on my own and went and asked her mom, and I remember specifically for a strawberry frozen yogurt, which was, you know, like one of the real premium things you could get. And then she looked at me and she said, look, you're going to have to start paying for things. And just in that moment, it's almost like I got hit with like, what, you know, money, like I'm supposed to have money and that I don't have money, so I must be poor. And just that intense humiliation that I felt like as a four-year-old around money. And that energy, if you don't know how to deal with it and you know, when I say you don't know how to deal with it, like kids don't go home and say, hey, mum and dad, I experienced this humiliation today, like you bury it. And so this just becomes your energy around money. And when I worked out that that's what was stopping me from making my coaching business work, like it was just, you know, an absolute revelation. And so that's why I'm so passionate now about helping people find this stuff because I'm like, yeah, there is something. Like if you feel like there's something wrong with you, I'm going to be honest and say that there is, and it's your programming. So if we can work out what your programming is, then we can fix it easily. 
Well, that's great. I, I'll tell you my money block story. I wasn't going to share it, but with you being so vulnerable, I guess I will as well. <laughs> my my dad used to have me pay for the beatings I got each day. And so the more money I paid him, the bigger the beatings were. So I actually had a block about how much money I'd want to make so the beatings would be smaller. Oh, my God. That's horrific. Wow. wow. See, everybody's got like these stories, you know, and some are just, yeah, it's just so intense. Well, if my dad heard me say this, he'd probably beat me. Yeah. But but oh, I'm making asshole. it all I'm making it all up, so he he <laughs> 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 Yeah, it it is uh it, it is amazing what kind of blocks we do have that we don't even realize came about as a result of just some simple comment that we can't afford it instead of this is not the best way to use the money or uh, teaching uh, kids that the more they save, the more uh, choices they have, the more freedom they have. So very, mm. very cool. So I want to go over, you kind of explained your why, but for the purpose of the Key Smiling book, declare what your uh, your why, your light bulb moment was that you said, this is why I want to do, what I want to do with my life, my purpose. Um, look, I feel like I kind of need to answer that in two parts because for me personally, my why hit me like I'd be paying crystal clear about it when I was sitting in, it was a personal development seminar and um you know, they were doing these exercises on how you find your why. And I know some people really struggle with this. And it just hit me and I went, well, it is super easy. I want to own my time. Like for me, freedom is such a huge core value that that's what drives me to, you know, to work hard and do a lot of what I do. But then I've got this sort of joint value, which is because I've gone through this intense journey of, you know, feeling like there was really something wrong with me and I was broken, that because I found a solution to that, I feel like, you know, it's my absolute mission and obligation to help people escape that pain because you don't have to go through your life holding on to that rubbish. Um, but people don't even know it's there, so they don't know where to start. So that's what drives me on that level. Very cool. And uh, the last part of our chapter is how you create abundance, solve problems, and inspire hope. And you certainly give given a lot of indications, but if you could be a little more specific about how you, you use your coaching and what specifically mm-hmm. you do in certain stages of the coaching that helps people create this abundance and solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely. So look, I think the start of the process is really all about self-healing. So I know there's a lot of people who join my program, like they're coaches, they're entrepreneurs, like they're already on a mission to do something, you know, but they've got all these blocks around making money. So because they're not getting clients in, they're not really helping as many people as they could. And so people are actually out there, I find, you know, trying to work out how to get more leads, like how to be better on sales calls. And you do need those skills. But if your issue is money blocks, then that is what's going to cause you to stuff up your sales calls or, you know, not follow people up and things like that. So step one is really all about that self-healing. And so it's really my job to make people aware. And that's, you know, where I mentioned the diagnosis process. So I take people through actual visualization exercises so that things like, you know, my canteen experience, like their version of that pops up for them. And it's amazing how when you can facilitate that, people will say, oh, my gosh, this is what that memory means that I think of randomly um, every now and then. And I've never had any idea like what the significance of it is. So it's that huge diagnosis process. And then 
what we do is we start to peel back the layers of the onion. So that exposes people to this idea that there is something there. And then once we start to work on that something, then you go, okay, so we've dealt with the family paradigm. Um, but now they've realized there's, you know, worthiness because that impacted their self-esteem. So then we do clearing around self-esteem and then we'll do other layers around. They don't know how to celebrate their progress. And so they self-sabotage. So there's all these layers of going through and clearing the issues. And then that just takes people to a point where, like, I can openly talk about that canteen experience and I feel nothing. Like, if anything, I'm like, oh, that poor little girl, I just want to go and hug her. But it doesn't feel like it's me anymore. And that happens to people and they look back on these memories that really hurt before and they no longer feel triggered. And when people don't react like that anymore, then that's when they can use their gifts and, you know, whatever it is that they're coaching people in, they now feel like authentically empowered to go out and help people because they don't feel like, you know, this fraud who feels broken inside but is trying to make money from coaching. And so that's like I just free people up to be able to experience abundance like in every aspect of their lives because energetically they feel completely aligned with their purpose, with their mission, and they're no longer, you know, pulled down by by past trauma. So I would just presume that the percentage of people that have money blocks is outrageously high given so many entrepreneurs and businesses are challenged to create abundance and stay in business. I mean, it's something like 85% of businesses go out of business. So is that a money block situation? Uh, Look, it can be. So for most people it is because money blocks affect anybody who grew up in a middle-class family or in, you know, obviously poverty. But middle-class people, like we, you know, can have this perception that, well, there was nothing wrong with my upbringing, like, you know, we were okay. But being okay is actually where a lot of these money blocks come from because, you grow up with this idea that money is just enough and it's, um, but the problem only affects middle-class people. So people create this gap as well between them being middle-class and the wealthy. And so, yes, it affects loads of people. Um, you know, I do acknowledge though that when you get into the specifics of business, like, yes, there are money blocks and I think that causes a lot of self-sabotage. Um, there obviously are business factors as well, like whether someone's, you know, got an offer that the market even wants and a whole bunch of other things. So I think you need a balance of both and that's why I take the approach of you help people with the mindset, but then we also look at um, the practical hands-on tools that you need to succeed in business. Great. Well, uh, Andrea gave me some very good news that you're, you'd are you be willing to do a live money block, uh, I guess, council right now. And since I don't have any money blocks, I'm guessing you'd put money <laughs> into me. So you're going to put money blocks into me live and that way- I am. I'm going awesome. to make you role play. <laughs> so actually you you can represent all of your listeners. So okay. all right, what we're going to do, so I'm going to show people how to test whether they have self-limiting beliefs. And if you can do how if you do how you can start to release that energy. So right. the starting point for that is to think of a goal. So if I could ask you can um, for you know most of the people who listen to this show, if you had to pick like a monthly goal, like how much would you say you think people might be shooting for? Um, I'm guessing like between 10, five, 000, and ten, five and ten. Five and ten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. I yeah. I would have guessed exactly that. So you know, ten seems to be that number, like the holy grail. That if you're starting out in business, you want to hit that. Right. So what I want you to do, and you know, anyone who's listening, so let's just visualize that ten thousand as a goal. 
So for people who haven't made that yet, like it's a stretch goal, like, and there's probably this mix of emotions as you really visualize that number and you might want to close your eyes. And, you know, people will experience like excitement um, and think, yeah, that would be awesome. But then this kind of nervousness and almost a sadness kicks in because people are reminded that they never quite hit it and they failed before. So with that 10,000 in mind, what I'm going to say to everyone is that if that's your goal, um, I'm actually going to say that you and I have now made a decision that we're going to double that goal. So for this year, your goal is to make $20,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just need to accept that as a goal. So I want people to just visualize that 20000 and look at it and just start to get some awareness about how you feel about that 20000 And now, again, there's probably a mix. So some people are probably feeling a little angry at me, like who am I to double your goal? Like, you know, 10,000 is enough, thanks. Um, Other people are going, yeah, that would be awesome. How are you feeling, Ken? How does 20,000 sound? I feel like having the producer cut you off and just take you off the show. (laughs) I mean, it's it's really that bad. Okay, excellent. (laughs) Don't don't do it, man. Take them off. (laughs) So that's exactly where people go with this stuff. And so I want you to repeat two words after me that I'm going to say. So on three, you're going to say, it's impossible. So three, two, one, it's It's impossible. impossible. So that is the most common, you did it. That's the most common reaction that people have. And so what I want you to do is now think about those words, it's impossible, and give yourself a score out of 10 in terms of how true that feels. So 10 meaning, yeah, it's 100% impossible. And, you know, one, zero, meaning I can totally achieve that. Like, what are you talking about? I guess I'm so a, you can a little optimistic. I am optimistic. I would say I'm probably like a one. Okay, you're a one. So for you, that feels like achievable? Yeah, I mean, I know what you have to do to get there, and I'm yeah. willing to do it. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So for most people, when I do this exercise... People, you know, if you've had that reaction of like, how dare you double my goal, people feel that way because they're all of a sudden your brain goes into trying to solve that problem and people are like, I can't even get to 10, how would I get to 20? So for a lot of people that, you know, the it's impossible feels really, really true and they sort of get much higher scores. And so what I would then point out to people is that if you have a score that's anything other than like a one or a zero, then that is a self-limiting belief because we all know people who are making $20,000. Like everybody knows someone who makes at least that amount of money. So what you're saying to yourself is it's not actually impossible. It feels impossible for you. And so there's something within you that cannot accept that. And so we've kind of rushed through it, but when I can get people to, you know, experience this for themselves, um, they kind of get that awareness of, okay, yeah, it's actually not impossible, but to me it feels out of my reach. And so that feeling is what people carry into their goal. And actually that's why they're not hitting 10,000 because that same energy of it's impossible is how they're approaching the 10,000. Like it's the the holy grail, it's the stretch goal, and that's why they can't get there because that feeling of I can't get there, you know, then turns into sadness. And we don't want to feel sad, so we avoid it altogether. And so that's a little bit of a dose of, you know, what a a self-limiting belief looks like Um, in terms of something that you can do. So if I have triggered anybody and they're feeling like, oh, wow, that just made me feel really bad about my goals, 
then I, what I want everyone to do is to take like two fingers, like your pointer maybe in your middle finger, and just find your collarbone like on one side and then just slightly under where it dips in a little bit. Like you, if you just use those two fingers and just tap on that gently, like you can kind of feel a little bit of a sensation. And so that, that is one of the points that we use in the emotional freedom technique. And so what I would get people to do is just, you know, breathe through it. So just take a deep breath while you're tapping on that point. And then just express some words about how you're feeling. So you could say, man, that was tough. That feels impossible. And I've realised in this moment that I've been telling myself it's impossible. No wonder it's been so hard. No wonder I've been so hard on myself. I wonder if there's a different way and I'm really open to finding a different way. And so just through saying something like that, like acknowledging the negative, you know, you can breathe that out. What that does is that settles the energy you're carrying in your nervous system. And if you keep doing that, you will find your score comes right down. Like if you were an eight, it'll come right down to a one if you do this tapping enough. That's great. Well, we do have to go to break pretty soon, but I want to, first of all, thank you for doing that exercise. And I suppose people who have been in sales for a while and have hit that quote unquote lucky month or that month that they just had to hit the number and they hit maybe 30 or 40,000 that they kind of break through this money block that it is possible. And so that was really valuable because I think my number was low because I've done sales that were substantially higher than that on months, not necessarily consistently, but for the most part. So yes. how, how do people reach you? How do people follow you and connect with you? Uh, so if people want to connect with me, um, they can just yeah look up Caroline Labore on Facebook or go to my website, which is personalempowermentacademy.com. All right. Well, go ahead and, uh, of course, finish the segment by singing, you're the one that I want to be amplified. Okay, absolutely. So same bit as before? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, all right. You better shape up. Cause I need a man And my heart is set on you You better shape up You better understand To my heart I must be true Well that was very good. You didn't have the word amplify in there though. I want you to say you're the one that I want that I want to be amplified. That's what I want. Oh sorry I missed that. So sorry (laughs) what am I actually say the word amplified? Yeah, you're saying you're the one that I want. I want to be amplified, but using that that okay. kind of tone. Can you do it? Okay. Uh, just yes, really I short. Can do it. Yeah, just do okay. that little two sentence tagline. Okay. All right. I'll do a different bit. You're the one that I want. I want to be amplified. Ooh, 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 honey. Beautiful. That's a wrap. See how good you are? All right. Well, thank you so much, Caroline. We're going to go to break. This is Ken Roshan on the Influencer Channel or in Voice America, sponsored by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, of course, the Keep Smiling Movement. We'll be back in one minute. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. 
You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at umbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. All right, we're back. This this is Ken Roshan on Amplified Voice America Influencer Channel, brought to you by Big Events USA, the Red Carpet Connection, of course, the Keep Smiling Movement. So, Andrea, we used up a great amount of time and a great amount of value getting that first segment. So let's have a powerful second segment. Can you bring Robert Arn right away? Absolutely. Robert Palinkas, for as long as he can remember, he's been on a mission to understand how things work, always questioning, like, why is this this way? And how should it be? And how could it be even better? And he loves taking a deep dive into tough problems and returning with a simple solution that anyone can use. He's been using this skill set and passion for marketing to take it apart, break it down into parts and reassemble the parts into something beautifully simple and extremely powerful. He's been to more than 60 countries. He's helped more than 14,000 clients in every imaginable industry that gave him a rare perspective on a multitude of right ways to do things. So he believes the world is full of ingenious people and ideas, and he wants to help them do even better. And he sees that marketing If you see marketing as work, you should be building ROI marketing assets that do the work for you. And that's what he does as a profit, as a service. So, Robert, welcome to the show. Excited to have this innovation mind of yours. Hi, Andrea. I'm really excited to be here, and thank you for having me. So, Robert, we're not going to have you sing a song. I know that you were kind of upset when you found out at break you weren't going to be singing a song for us. But uh, I thought I this wanna... was the international singing edition. <laughs> well, at the end of the show, uh, you can share a song that you like, and maybe we'll lay you hum a bar or two, okay? Is that fair? Cool. Of course. <laughs> So we are excited to have the innovative edition of Keep Smiling because when Keep Smiling happens and you're creative, you're innovating. So talk about your childhood and what caused you to be such an innovative young man. Well, I kind of started like a five-year-old math scientist type. You know, I um, used to take apart toys that my parents got me and also toys that they got for my brother, which didn't make him very happy, but I kind of like did these things like uh, he got a radio controlled car for example when when I was five I think and uh, I could take it apart I could never put it back again so he didn't get to use it at all he was not happy but I figured out how it worked and uh, when I was seven I think I built uh, my own speakers from things I could found around the house they sounded like crap but they worked Mm -hmm. and uh, I built a quadraphonic sound system uh, from that and uh, you know that was the predecessor of surround sound and uh, I, I was just always curious about how things work and, and it also included people so from the age of like 16 17 I was like that's who I am I want to discover how things work I want to discover how people work I want to understand things very deeply not just on a superficial level and I want to use that knowledge to put together tools that can be used to improve your own life improve your marketing specifically because that's what I've used this for the longest time and uh, 
And that, that, that's my thing. Like, I want to understand. I want to take a deep dive. And I really want to just go out or in or whatever and then bring back this solution that just simplifies things. And it's a, it's a beautiful, simple solution. That's, that's my thing. So why is that the case? Did your mom or dad uh, encourage you to take apart stuff? Were they engineers? No, no nothing of the sort. They, they were like my, my dad. Uh, has always been a businessman, um, owned his own business. My mom is, uh, is an artist, actually won a bunch of awards. Like she's, she's awesome at what she does. But I think it's, it's the creativity that kind of uh, they infected me with. It was that I never had parents who, uh, who went to work and just came out, oh, work was so bad. Like it was always like creative. They were always doing something. They were always involved in something. So that creativity probably rubbed off on me and and that I'm sure it helped so when you figured stuff out and you were being innovative and in essence solving problems you were encouraged by your parents I'm guessing or they were proud of you oh yeah yeah and and also and also I I had to solve problems like I remember like this is something that I wouldn't say defined me but it really really helped with my thinking when I wanted something uh, my dad always taught me that I should be able to do my own parts. Even when I was like probably 10 years old and I wanted a bike, he said, okay, so you make half of the money for it and I'll give you the other half. It's not just, okay, we'll, we will get your bike. It was, I had to do something. And, and I learned very early that I have to figure out how to do things, how to get my own solutions as opposed to just being given everything. I understand, I understand. So talk about your, why you created this lifestyle for um, creating smiles and solving problems and abundance. How do you do that for people? People want to be successful, I think. And, and successful means that they, they live on their own terms. They do what they want. They achieve the goals that they want, even if the goal has nothing to do with business or it's just something, uh, whether it be spiritual, whether it be very personal, whether it, whether it be a business goal, everybody wants to feel that they are living life on their own terms. And I think one of the things that keeps people from, from doing that, and that's why I'm so much in love with marketing, is that anybody who does anything, who wants to use that something, whether it be a business or, or any kind of endeavor, they need to interact with other people because that's the only way they can achieve their own goals. Uh, no one works or achieves anything in a vacuum, right? So that interaction is what I'm passionate about, that, that interaction, having to find customers, having to find the right way to market what you are, what you have, what you do, all those things require you to be good at the skill of marketing, no matter what you do. So if you have the key to marketing, if you understand how to do marketing in a really, really efficient way, and you can sell yourself, you can sell anything you do, then you can achieve anything you want. Super. Andre, I know you have a couple questions. Go for it. I do. Uh, so, Robert, with your innovation on marketing, <clears throat> when you're pulling things apart, uh, do you start with the end goal in mind or do you have other subsets of, of decisions that you're making for marketing along the way? Yeah, I love taking things apart. And, and the end goal uh, is, I mean, I don't know how to start any other way. Like, of course, uh, I always start with the, with the end goal. And, uh, and, and my approach is, I think it's kind of different because I have so many fields of interest like I, I read about 500 books in the last few years 
on all kinds of different subjects. And uh, that gives me the skill of kind of like a mechanic that can really dive deep into something. And I very often read books intuitively by just saying, okay, so this book, I have no idea what it's about, but it, it sounds like something interesting. And they always add a new skill, a new perspective. And uh, you mentioned this end goal. Sometimes you have no idea how you're going to get there, right? Sometimes you have no idea what tools to use. You don't know what, uh, what will work. And sometimes the most surprising things help in getting there. Like uh, I just read a book on mind. I think it's called Mind to Matter. It's about how, how our minds can influence the physical world in, in very tangible ways. And I just found one paragraph in that book that helped immensely with something I'm doing for a client right now. So you sometimes don't know how the hell you're going to get to that goal, but but the end, having that end in sight, sometimes in really mysterious ways just gives you those solutions if you're open and you're always like soaking in knowledge and and uh, and uh, different ways of doing things. Well, I can imagine that if you have problem solving and critical thinking skills, that one, you'd have an easier approach at taking things apart and reverse engineering, but also how you'd apply uh, business problems to business solutions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love to do that. It's just like, to me, business problems are not, I mean, problems is almost like a dirty word. Like, people don't like problems. I love problems because the problem gives you the opportunity to really shine. And, and basically, you're paid to solve problems. So it's, it's also kind of contradictory to me why, you wouldn't love problems if you are in business because solving problems is, that's your bread and butter, right? That's what people pay you for. And, and so it became something that if I see a problem, I immediately get excited, right? And uh, I develop these tools and takes, uh, take, take these pieces of knowledge, pieces of information and bits and pieces of other people's experiments and, uh, and knowledge and whatever they achieved and uh, I always experiment with putting things together that don't usually belong together or go together to find unconventional ways, new ways, better ways of doing things. What do you think is a problem a lot of entrepreneurs, business people are encountering, and how would you suggest that they self-diagnose their approach and fix it? Well, uh, I think that um, most people, and if this, if this question is specifically about marketing, then that that's a lot easier for me because that's you know that's my main focus. Let's do that. It's, then. Yeah, it's it's like if you encounter a marketing problem, I see. I think that the most uh, common mistake people make is focusing on the wrong thing. If you look at how marketing looks like today, it kind of became a flea market, right? It's like uh, people um, focus on the tools, which there are a gazillion different tools. And there are a few common things about those tools, which is that they are all people or companies that want to sell you some stuff. They are all micro-focused on one thing, and they all want to change your business to your. To, they want to change your business to their one-size-fits-all solution, as opposed to the other way around. So, we allowed the marketing conversation to be hijacked by makers of tools. So, someone says, "Yeah, Facebook is the best way to market," or "Social media is, is the best way to market," or content marketing is the best way or Google ads are the best way or whatever it is. And they focus on those tools, which make it makes it incredibly complicated instead of focusing on the basics and the fundamentals of marketing, which are incredibly simple. 
And if you are kind of floating in a sea of confusion about what should I do, where should I uh, market myself, which channel should I use, what should I say, who should, who should my, my target market be, there are so many options that you're going to be lost, you will feel overwhelmed, you will feel pretty much like confused about this whole thing. But marketing is so simple if you are focusing on the fundamentals. I understand. So we're going to do some rapid fire so that everyone can hear a few more quick tidbits and nuggets that they can apply to their life. And I want to say thank you to both of you because you both really are committed to creating smiles in the world. I mean, relieving yourself of money blocks and showing people how they can uh, solve problems with their marketing so they can be more successful. I mean, it's it's probably two of the best topics I could think of to put together for a key smiling book. So let's go with uh, Caroline first and then Robert, you'll answer. It'll be a quick question, quick answer. So um, you can, uh, Caroline, name a book or two that changed your life. Uh, Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown and Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Great. Robert? I would say Parallel Universes of Self by Frederick Dotson. Very good. And Andrea? Uh, I'd like to know, Caroline, what song that you would sing to inspire you daily? Uh, Everywhere by Fleetwood Mac. That is and a Robert? doggone good song. Yeah, it is. Oh, good. Good one. Uh, that's a tough one for me. I don't have a favorite one. I, I just uh, <laughs> choose the one that fits my mood because it always goes like, I can answer the question. I, I pick one that fits my energy level and takes it even higher. I have a so, long list. So definitely don't pick the one that matches your energy level right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen. <laughs> I know. I mean, the show would probably stop, so don't do it. All right, Caroline, uh, let's go with... Uh, a quote that you live by? Um, I love the best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The second best time is now. Nice. Robert? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones is, uh, we don't see the world as it is, but as we are. Cool. Andrea? Type of charity or name of a charity that you love to support, Caroline? Um, so this is an Australian one, I think. It's the Smith family, and um, I yeah sponsor children living in poverty with like helping with their school expenses. And Robert, for me, it's a hands down Kiva with their microloans. It's not a charity as such, but it kind of is because it helps you uh, help people with a permanent solution. It's uh, it's not only to have things, but to do things, and I, I think that's awesome. All right, and I think we got our last question right now. Caroline, uh, who would be a dream person to have in your Q Smiling book? Uh, oh, God, no idea. You can name, um, you can name person two person if you want. Uh, like if it can be anyone? <laughs> it could be, yeah, it could be anybody you want to be in your Key Smiling book. Like famous person? Well, you can pick a completely unfamous uh-huh. person. That's who you want. Uh, okay, well, famous person. Famous person, I'd go Beyonce. Um, I just love her energy. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Good. Okay, Robert, go ahead. I would like uh, Elon Musk there because I think what he does is extraordinary. I agree. I agree. And you couldn't have said something (laughs) more relevant to my life right now. Yes, I am trying trying to qualify at this point for the lovely Tesla. So, um, let us all pray that I solve the problems, remove my money blocks, and have a Tesla. And... 
It is possible. All right, you guys have been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing an hour and also the very valuable information you get, gave to create abundance and solve problems, but most importantly, to inspire hope through your Keep Smiling book. I can't wait to publish your book, and you definitely will be in my top 100 books we're going to be sending off to the major networks. Thank you so much, Caroline and Robert. You've been amplified. This has been brought to you by the Keep Smiling Movement, the Red Carpet Connection, and Big Events USA. Thank you. We look forward to seeing you again next week. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashan again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard. 